Well, happy Thursday, everybody. I'm excited you've joined me for today's video devotion. In our New Testament reading plan, we are in Genesis 29, so I hope you have your Bible open there. And this, um, in this chapter, Jacob, uh, gets married. He, uh, he meets Rachel and falls in love with her. You remember she's the younger sister. Uh, the older sister is Leah. And, um, uh, he agrees to work for seven years for Laban in order to marry his youngest daughter, Rachel. But Laban tricks him, uh, and he ends up married to Leah. Then he works another seven years for Rachel. And uh, then another six years before he can leave. And there's really two, two things in this chapter. And I imagine for most of you, the biggest, bigger question is, how did he not know he was sleeping with the wrong woman when he went to bed that night and he ended up married to the wrong one? Well, we're going to talk about that. The other point that I want to make in this chapter is that, uh, and I think this is the spiritual lesson here, is that your sin catches up with you. Now, remember, we said yesterday that Jacob hit the low point, and that's when he met God, you know, after his dream about the ladder and the angels and all that, <clears throat> that he realized God was real and he made a covenant. And so that was the turning point in his life, he met God. Here's the thing. When you get right with God, it doesn't mean that all the consequences of your sin go away. So in chapter 29, Jacob is right with God. He got right with God at the end of chapter 28. But in chapter 29, he still has to pay the price for his previous sin. Remember how he, being the younger brother, had tricked his older brother? It's kind of interesting that in chapter 29, Laban, the father-in-law, tricks him by uh, Jacob, the making Jacob, who wanted to marry the younger daughter, had to marry the older one first. In other words, what he had done to Esau, Laban did to him in chapter 29. You know, your, your sin catches up with us. It's, it's interesting how that works, isn't it? And one of the points I want to make is just because you get right with God, yes, you're forgiven and you're right with God and God blesses. And he does bless Jacob in chapter 29. But that doesn't mean that the consequences of your choices of your sin automatically go away. Um, sometimes God allows us, even after we get right with him, to deal with the pain of our sin so we can grow uh, and realize what, what, what we did. And I think God, I think God used all that Jacob endured with Laban in chapter 29 to humble him, even though he was right with God now, to humble him so that when later he actually met up with Esau, he could be humble and realize what he had done to his brother. He had to experience it himself before he could understand how his brother felt. See, sometimes God's teaching us valuable lessons by allowing us to endure the consequences of our sin. I think that happened in Jacob's life. So that's the spiritual takeaway for me. Yes, we can be right with God, but sometimes God says you still need to go through the pain, the consequences of your sin, so you can learn a valuable lesson. Now, the question that's on your mind, not real spiritual, but how did he not know he was sleeping with the wrong woman? Okay, And I don't have time to read all the verses. We'll be here 30, 40 minutes, and I know you all got to get to work and other things. Um, but... Um, let me say, one, we don't know for sure why it happened the way it did, how he didn't know. But let me, let me give you some insight that might help a little bit. Um, 
you have to remember this was an arranged wedding. We think we read these stories and we think of it from our perspective of courtship. Well, in ancient times, that's not typically how it worked. You know, he met Rachel when he first got there and she was beautiful and he lusted for her and fell in love with her because she was gorgeous. That doesn't mean they saw each other every day thereafter and courted for those seven years he was working for. It was an arranged marriage because he negotiated the contract with Laban, her father. And you'll remember if you've read ahead in Genesis, Leah and Rachel, both when they flee their father with Jacob to go to Canaan, acknowledge that their father sold them for like property and he had not really cared for them and lied to them. So the, the likelihood is that Jacob, even though he was there seven years, tending the flocks and so on, negotiated this marriage with, with uh, Laban, but probably did not have a lot of conversations in courtship with Rachel. It's also possible that Laban never told Rachel that Jacob was working those seven years for her. That he told Leah he was actually working those seven years for her because Leah later accuses Rachel of stealing her husband and Leah is so heartbroken because she comes to realize that Jacob doesn't love her. Well, how did that happen? It's because she went into the marriage thinking that Jacob really wanted to marry her because I believe Laban had lied to her that Jacob was working those seven years for her. So she was thinking it really was going to be a wedding because he wanted her. Uh, you'll also remember in chapter 29 that uh, Laban throws a big party. And it's only men who are at that party. And there's alcohol involved. So we don't know how sober Jacob really was when he went into the tent that night. So it's dark. You also had the culture, the custom that uh, when the woman entered the tent, she had this heavy veil on. So she's wearing this heavy veil. It's dark. They probably haven't had a lot of conversations uh, over the years. So he you know, doesn't readily recognize Rachel's voice from Leah's voice. And Rachel was beautiful, and the Bible says in, uh, in chapter 20 that she was beautiful in form, which means she had a nice shape, but she also had a beautiful face. Well, maybe it was just that Leah didn't have a beautiful face, but she still had a nice shape, so to speak. I, I, I don't know all the details, but between the alcohol, the darkness, him not courting her for seven years, Leah thinking, he loves me, um, he slept with her that night and didn't know it was. Obviously, they didn't talk a lot. doesn't answer all the questions, but it may give you some insight into how it could happen because it was just a very different culture then than now. Um, but then you know the rest of the story. Uh, after a week of honeymooning, so to speak, with Leah, Laban allows him to marry Rachel, but he has to work another seven years. And then after that, he works another six years. And we'll talk about that in the days to come. Probably doesn't totally answer your question how he couldn't know it was, but maybe give you a little insight. But the big takeaway for me in this chapter is that God was teaching God was teaching Jacob a lesson. What you did to Esau is now being done to you. And I'm not sure Jacob would have been as humble when he reunited with his brother Esau later in the book of Genesis if he had not had this experience of being deceived himself. God sometimes says sin is going to catch up with you. And I'm going to let you suffer it so you'll grow up, even after you get right with God. Some people mistakenly think if you repent and ask God's forgiveness and you get right with God, that all the bad should go away. All the consequences. No, 
Sometimes God says, you need to deal with the consequences, even after you're saved, even after you're right with me, and after, even after you're forgiven. Well, I hope this helps uh, a little bit. I know it doesn't answer all the questions about why he didn't know who he was sleeping with that night, but give you some insights to how it could have happened, but it did happen. And, um, and I leaned toward the idea it was dark and he was, he'd had a few at that party that night and that, uh, that impacted him as well. And, uh, but I feel for, you know who I feel for in this story? It's not Jacob. I feel for Leah. I think she's the one that typically got the short end of the stick. So I look forward to talking about her more in the days to come. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.